0: The Greensense Show is sponsored by CEA Technology, providing a sustainable modular indoor growing system. Visit CEATECHN.com to learn more. I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is Greensense, where we bring you eco-innovations that are changing your world. My mother always told me that the only constant in life is change, and nowhere is that more evident than in the world of transportation. Sedans were once the main vehicles sold in the US, and now they're quickly being outsold by SUVs, crossovers, and trucks. And the truck market is becoming highly segmented. In addition, the Inflation Reduction Act is causing a clean energy manufacturing boom, which in part is due to increased production of hybrids, EVs, and batteries in the U.S. Here to tell us more is our good friend and guru of gears, Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive and host of the Car Stuff podcast. Tom, welcome back to Green Sense. Always good to talk with you.
1: Robert, hello. Thanks for having me.
0: For our first-time listeners, uh, we haven't done this for a while. So tell us, why are you an authority on vehicles? And why do we affectionately call you the guru of gears?
1: (laughs) You know, I just grew up, this is a funny story. I just grew up loving cars. And one day I was flipping through a print edition, long gone now, of Consumer Guide Automotive. And I noticed that the, the magazine was produced locally. A resume later, I was with Consumer Guide and have been there for 25 years.
0: Wow. Well, thank you. And it, uh, it's it's it been a pleasure to work with you, I think, for over 10 years on GreenSense. Yeah. You've been a wealth of information. So why don't we dig into our topic and give us an overview of vehicle production here in the U.S.? How many sedans, crossovers, SUVs, and trucks are sold each year?
1: Yeah, it wasn't that long ago where sedans, midsize sedans, specifically dominated the U.S. sales market. And there are cars called Cutlass and Malibu and Fusion. And in addition to Accord and Camry, and they absolutely dominated the market. Today, cars total, that includes those same midsize sedans, plus hatchbacks and sports cars and things like that, make up just 10% of the U.S. market. Pickup trucks now make up 19% and crossovers, 45%, almost half of the market.
0: Wow, that's uh, quite amazing how that transformation occurred so quickly. Well, I'm a big pickup truck fan. And I'm really excited to talk to you about pickup trucks. And I'd like to drill into the truck market. In the past, uh, it was just known as a pickup truck. Now we have big trucks, which have gotten really big, medium trucks, which were the size of the old uh, uh, pickup trucks. And uh, now there's this emerging small truck segment. So tell us about each segment. Who are the major manufacturers? Who are the dominant brands? What's the size of the trucks and uh, what's the price range? Uh, yeah. Let's start out with the big trucks. Yeah, full-size trucks, long,
1: long, an American favorite, but they are now incredibly popular. Uh, dominated by Chevy, Ford, and Ram. Uh, these vehicles have gotten pricey, but they still start reasonably uh, affordable. You can get one for under fifty grand if you're careful and you're light on the options. But they do load up to almost a hundred thousand dollars, depending on how you equip them. And I'm still talking about the light-duty, not the medium-duty trucks with the big diesels, which get very expensive. Uh, but a lot of people are driving these as daily drivers.
0: Well, I like the fact that you said that they start at 50, which is fairly uh, affordable, which I think is, is, is an issue, and we'll dig into that. But I'm reading reports that uh, the Ford dealerships are having a lot of surplus truck inventory because of the price. Uh, With rising interest rates, it makes them unaffordable. You know, pickup trucks were the working class vehicle. When they start at 50,000, that's still pretty expensive. What does the data show? Is there an abundance of pickup trucks on the uh, dealership lots?
1: An abundance by recent standards. uh, Because of, of what had happened with COVID and the supply chain issues, we got pretty used to there being a light supply of vehicles on the market. Ford right now is seeing what would normally be considered a fairly normal amount of trucks on the lot, and that's about a 65-day supply. Um, and, And usually manufacturers and dealers like a large supply of pickups because there are so many versions of them, it's hard to sell if you don't have a relatively large inventory. But one of the things that is happening is that this inventory might be skewed expensive as we come out of the supply chain issue. And there aren't a lot of the mid-price and low price vehicles on lots that people are looking for. So that's one issue. As you noted, it's getting a little bit harder to get a car loan right now. And Chevy and, and GMC and Ram are, are coming online with more trucks, too. So the variety and the availability has picked up. So, yeah, there's, there's probably this is probably a good time to go buy a Ford F-150, actually any pickup, because the supply is normalizing.
0: Also, the Ford CEO recently uh, made some comments that is shaking up the dealership sales model. Talk about those and what his plans are.
1: Yeah, there's something being called the agency model, and it's a little bit different than the franchise model. And it's something that's very difficult to implement in the US. Franchise law, dealership franchise law by state, is pretty strong and powerful stuff. And the automotive uh, dealer lobby is very powerful. So right now, to sell cars in the U.S., you have to go through a franchise dealer. But that only seems to hold for existing uh, manufacturers. Tesla, for example, is getting around this in most states, as is Rivian and other EV startups. Jim Farley, the CEO of Ford, really wants to get around this and go to something called an agency model, where the dealership works in conjunction with the dealer and agrees to things like pricing rules, as well as, as facilities um, um, requirements for look and feel of the dealership but farley has said on record that he believes that the dealership model as it exists now gives ford a two thousand dollar disadvantage compared to tesla
0: does that mean that their profits will be reduced by two thousand dollars or that they'll be able to decrease the sale price giving the consumer a better advantage
1: Sadly, I believe the former. Uh, I think board is looking for profits. Some of that ultimately would end up in the hands of consumers if, in fact, there was enough competition to drive prices down. But uh, ultimately, I think we were looking at the bottom line.
0: Well, I'll tell you, dealers are probably one. They're like uh, uh, root canals. I don't think they're uh, highly uh, liked out there in the marketplace. So we'll keep an eye on that. And what Tesla did uh, seems to be revolutionary, but I don't see that. Permeating much of the car sales market. Um, so let's keep an eye on that, Tom. Yeah. Let's move on to that next category, which you tell me, is, is that uh rapidly advancing this uh medium-sized truck market? Because I see a lot of advancement there.
1: The medium-sized truck market is interesting in that it had shrunk to almost nothing a couple of years ago and then stored back in a very big way. Uh Honda and Ford actually got out of it. We saw the Ranger and the Ridgeline disappear for a little while, but they're back now. And, and the big news, General Motors just redesigned its Colorado and Canyon. We're going to see those on the road very soon. But Toyota, the dominant player in this in this segment by a huge margin, is redesigning its Tacoma finally after years. But it's been so well-liked and so well-trusted that it, they hadn't needed to do this until now. But technology finally caught up with them, and there are manufacturing issues. So an all-new Tacoma is coming, but that market is big. The big truck market, the large truck market is about 2 million units a year. The mid-sized truck market is about six, seven hundred thousand units. So not as big, but it's large.
0: Is it is it the fastest growing or is the big truck market still the biggest and fastest growing?
1: Uh, it's hard to know what is growing in the aftermath of the chip shortage, but it probably is growing, especially because large pickups have gotten so expensive. Um, and, and as you've noted earlier, mid-sized trucks are now as big as big big trucks <laughs> used to be. So they work for a lot of people.
0: Well, let's get into a new category that's emerging, and that's the small truck. Uh, uh, talk a little bit about the major brand, size of the truck, and price range.
1: Yeah, these are about the size of what we used to remember small trucks being. If we remember <laughs> things like the Chevy S10 or the Ford Courier, things like that. These are a little bit bigger, but the Ford Mavericks sort of took the market by storm uh, two years ago when it launched. Unfortunately, it launched during the, the supply chain issue and during COVID, and we don't have a really good feel for how popular this vehicle really is. There are lots of stories about how people got in line, put down deposits, and couldn't get one. But the fact was, Ford didn't build very many. There's not a lot of money to be made on a twenty thousand dollar pickup when you can't sell uh, when you can sell everything you can make anyway. So hard to know where that demand is. But last year, Ford sold seventy five thousand Mavericks, and then Hyundai, which is uh, which built a, ver- a vehicle called the Santa Cruz which is also a small pickup, but it's based on the uh, the Tucson small crossover, a little bit more car-like, maybe a little bit more of a crossover, but they sold about 35,000 of those. So interesting segment. We don't know where this segment is going yet because Ford hasn't fully realized it yet.
0: Well, I'm seeing so much what I call fake news on YouTube these days about <laughs> small truck markets. Um, these are typically hybrids starting at 25K uh, with claims that they'll get 40 miles per gallon or more. Like the Toyota Stout or the Subaru Brat being re uh, brought to the market, these cars on these YouTube videos sound so enticing. I really want one, but they're they're not in production. Uh, and these videos look so real, like they're available. Why so much fake news? And are car manufacturers secretly behind this uh, these videos to tease interest? <laughs>
1: that's a good question and in the case of the toyota stout which there's all sorts of news about the toyota stout and none of it is sourced anywhere so i I can't get any real news toyota has no comment on this at all the reason i think that toyota may not be placing this news is because toyota's in the process of launching a new tacoma and i don't think they want conflicting news stories out there at the same time but but the stout is an interesting story because toyota could relatively easily build a small pickup truck based on something like the Corolla Cross Small Crossover. And in fact, the factory that they build that at in Alabama isn't fully utilized. So there's a lot there that makes sense. And, and Toyota would, I think, love to have a vehicle in that class that costs less than $30,000. And I think dealers would like it too. So it could happen. And, and we have the Dodge Rampage, the Ram Rampage made some news. That's also a small truck based on Fiat architecture that Stellantis is going to use to build it. That's being built in Mexico, but not imported to the U.S., And then I'd like to say yet, Uh, because it looks like it could be. It looks like it's something that could easily be federalized and sold here. So I think they're dragging their feet to see if there is a market here.
0: So do you see the emergence of a, what are you calling it, a tiny truck market or a small truck market?
1: I guess we can go back to compact truck. Actually, these would be truly compacts and, and kind of exciting. The thing is that the margins may not be huge on these. So I think there's a lot of wait and see on the part of the manufacturers.
0: Well, as you know, our show focuses on EVs and hybrids, and we have a lot of activity going on this year in that market, uh, starting with the big truck segment. Uh, Talk about the dominant companies in this uh, segment. What are they offering in EV and hybrid models? What's the price range? And the most important thing, what's really available?
1: Yeah, Ford's getting into a little trouble with the F-150 right now. They were first to market with a big electric pickup, the F-150 Lightning, very popular at first. Ford got greedy and raised prices almost fifty percent in a very short order, um, and then found themselves with excess inventory. But they have cut prices, and on the XLT with the extended range battery, which is the best-selling version of that, there was a price cut of about nine thousand dollars, which made it again um, uh, made it qualify for the federal tax credit of $7,500. So the net price reduction for a consumer who qualifies is $16,000. So that vehicle is probably going to pick up in interest very soon. And then we have Chevy and GMC pickups coming online soon, the EV versions of the Silverado and Sierra. And the Ram, finally, we know that the Ram Rev is coming in about 18 months.
0: Uh, A a price range for those uh, uh, hybrids?
1: Um. Base price, everyone's got a commercial vehicle that they're using to advertise a base price of around $50,000. The F-150 is back down to about 50 grand. Chevy's talking about something right around $50,000, $55,000 as a base price. And we don't know Ram pricing yet.
0: And the Ford Lightning's going for around 100000 or is that going to be reduced?
1: Uh, those prices have been reduced, but it's still very expensive. And there are very expensive versions of it.
0: Okay, how about that medium uh, truck segment? Uh, We talked a little bit about Toyota, who dominates it. Who else is in there and what else is coming, both on the EV and hybrid?
1: Yeah, so best-selling by far is the uh, Toyota Tacoma, uh, after which we have the, uh, no one thinks of this truck as being in the segment, but the Jeep Gladiator, which is a pickup truck version of the Wrangler. Uh, 90,000 units last year. It's very expensive. So I'm interested to see that so many people took an interest in this thing. Uh, The Chevy Colorado, about seventy-three thousand units. The Nissan Frontier, which was redesigned significantly about a year ago, uh, is next. The Ford Ranger sales are slumping there because there's a new version coming. Uh, But that did about. Tom, are
0: these hybrids or EVs? None of these are hybrids. Not one of these is a hybrid. Yeah, what's coming uh, in those class for hybrid and EV? So far, nothing. The,
1: The really big EV, not EV, but environmental news is that. A lot of these are now available with four-cylinder engines. The Tacoma will be the Colorado and Canyon are, uh, the Tacoma um, and and the Ranger all four-cylinder. So the the efficiency is there, but they haven't moved to alternative fuel.
0: So I was reading, and again, not sure if it's fake news or not, that Toyota was looking both at a hybrid and an EV uh, Tacoma. Is that? Uh, backed yeah, there up will by be a Fox? hybrid version.
1: So it, it'll be the first hybrid in the in the uh, in the category. Uh, yes, their uh, their hybrid max system will be available, and that's a four cylinder hybrid. I've driven it in other vehicles, and it promises to be a really good drivetrain for a pickup.
0: Uh, what about this compact truck segment?
1: Uh, the the small trucks, the, the Maverick is available as a hybrid, a two point five liter hybrid, very nice, uh, very nice drivetrain, about forty miles per gallon in the real world.
0: And cost on that?
1: Um, right now, the hybrid's the base engine. Interestingly. Uh, the only bad news is it's not available with four-wheel drive.
0: So it seems like Toyota and even Subaru have really lagged behind in going electric or, or going into the hybrid uh, market. Why is this, and are things changing?
1: A couple of things. I think that that if you're not going to be first, maybe you want to take a wait-and-see attitude, but you have companies like um, General Motors, uh, that really charged into EVs early and have made some pretty big commitments. Toyota, this whole time, and we're talking about for decades now, has has been a leader in hybrid technology, and I think they're <laughs> if you're if you're with Toyota, you feel a little bit scorned by not being recognized for that now. Uh, but Toyota's already pretty fuel efficient, or can be fuel efficient if you go with a hybrid, and they offer one in almost every car they build. Um, but they have made a bit of a turnabout there, and are worried are are working. To bring EVs to market more quickly,
0: uh, and both Toyota and Subaru have new CEOs, so maybe things will start to change there.
1: Probably, yeah. And and as people don't know, Toyota actually has a stake in Subaru, so they do share technology.
0: That's interesting. That is not well known. <laughs> do they publicize that, or no? I think, they no, keep I think, it I think Toyota has
1: a ten percent stake in Subaru, and the Subaru Solterra, which is their only electric vehicle, is actually built for them by Toyota.
0: Interesting. Any closing remarks on the uh, truck market, Tom?
1: Yeah, we'll see where this shakes out. It's a really hard time to make any sort of uh, assumptions on sales and where things are going just because the last two years were so weird because of the supply chain issue. Um, And and as for small trucks, there may be a segment there and there may not be. We'll we'll see what happens (laughs) with with Ford when they start actually building a lot of Mavericks.
0: Can you be more vague? (laughs) I don't think I can. Well, we appreciate this. Uh, this was very content-rich. It was an informative discussion, as always. Tom, thank you for joining us on Green Sense Show.
1: Oh, the pleasure was mine. Thank you, Robert.
0: That's our good friend and guru of gears, Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive and the host of Car Stuff Podcast, sharing his insights on the U.S. auto market and the highly segmented truck market. Visit the GreensenseShow.com website to learn more about sponsorship. I'm Robert Colangelo. Thank you for listening to Green Sense and check out the Green Sense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on 105.9 FM, WBBM, Chicago. Green Sense Show is sponsored by CEA Technology, providing a sustainable modular indoor growing system. Visit ceatechn.com to learn more.